In Topeka, House and Senate negotiators are preparing to spar over school finance. Here's the challenge the legislature faces. The Supreme Court has said we are failing to provide approximately one quarter of all our public school K through 12 students with the basic skills of both math and reading. From the Kansas News Service, I'm Jim McLean, and this is Statehouse Blend, Kansas. Weeks ago, the Senate came up with its solution for getting the state Supreme Court off the legislature's back, deciding to go along with Governor Laura Kelly's plan to give schools a $90 million cost of living adjustment each year for the next four years. Democrats in the House favor that approach. We have one job to do, and it's adjust for inflation. Some House Republicans, on the other hand, only want to commit to two years of funding, and then only with strings attached. They want to require more reports on test scores and require that districts certify that sufficient resources are making it to the classroom and to kids whose test scores are lagging. Debate on the policy bill kept the House going right up to midnight one night this past week, and they never got around to actually considering a school funding bill. We have never in recent history been closer to getting our schools constitutionally funded. Yet here we are today debating a policy bill. Democrat Cindy Holscher argued all the new requirements would be a nightmare for districts. How many school districts have come out in support of this bill? 286 school districts, and I haven't heard of one that personally has talked to me about it, in favor of it. Our formula is fine. This bill just adds unfunded mandates and muddies the process. Republican Representative Christy Williams is the lawmaker responding to Holscher's questions in that exchange. She's the chair of the special K-12 Education Budget Committee, and she's leading the charge for more accountability from districts. Whenever you want to make change, Jim, you're going to find resistance. And whenever you ask for accountability, you're going to find resistance. Now, the fact is, not every superintendent is opposed to this. Many have reached out to their representatives and said, you know what? We understand. We're okay with this. We can live with this. So I disagree with with Representative Holscher and her comments, but I also will understand and do understand that many of the schools just want to continue on as business as usual. In a way, your bill is the legislature saying we're tired of simply writing a check every year and then not having any ability to control how that money is spent. You're saying that you're not sure that that money is being spent in the most efficient or effective way? Yes, we can provide the funds, but they have to partner with us and show back to us how they're using those funds to improve student outcomes. According to the Supreme Court and according to the latest uh, data that we've received from the Department of Education, we're leaving behind significant groups of harder-to-educate students. I'd ask the schools, how is that going to change the outcomes of students? Can they predict that? What are they going to do differently? You are continually being asked to put more funding into public schools, and this litigation has been going on for more than a decade, and you then lack the information you need as policymakers to know that that additional money is going to the right spot in order to move the very specific needle that the court has told you you need to move. That is exactly correct. I can't recall a time when the legislature has added more money in any time in which the school districts have said back to us, okay, with this amount of money, we can provide this X amount of uh, student progress. We can do 
X amount of student achievement. Never have I heard anyone from any school district provide that kind of uh, affirmation that the money makes the difference for the kids that need it most. You mentioned the the pushback that you're getting from school districts. Uh, Might that have something to do with their belief that uh, adding more administrative and reporting requirements in and of itself will make them operate less efficiently, that this is money that they would have to spend to satisfy these reporting requirements than conceivably would come out of the classroom? So that's a, a true statement, but it's an inaccurate and invalid argument, and here is why. The reporting requirements that we have added are actually federal requirements, so they're not adding any more data. On top of that, the Kansas Department of Education has increased the number of employees by 10 in the last two years. They have plenty of staff to provide the data back to all the districts and to the legislature and to the governor. I want to ask you one more question about this school finance situation because your bill has a lot of moving parts and as I think even you would acknowledge has been somewhat controversial. And the Senate bill is more straightforward, has the money in it. And the Senate has a pretty strong position in that that bill came out of the Senate with a pretty strong vote. Uh, yours squeaked through the House. And for listeners who don't really understand much about the process, you guys are now preparing to negotiate some sort of a compromise in a conference committee, which you will be on. So how many of these reforms that you have packed into the bill do you think you're going to end up with at the end of the day when the negotiations are done? Well, I hope we end up with most of them because they're all important. They help us progress in getting the information that we need. And they also progress the partnership, a true partnership between the legislature and our school districts. I'm optimistic. I really respect the senators that I'll be working with. Senator Molly Baumgartner of Lewisburg, who is head of the Senate uh, Education Committee. And, and, you know, she... uh, She'll be a tough negotiator. She is. She she knows the issues, and so we'll just have to you know hammer it out, work together, and see what we both can do to provide a win for all of Kansas. Representative Christy Williams, I very much appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jim. Lawmakers will have an intense week ahead of them before they reach what's known as first adjournment and take off for a lengthy break. And um, we will open our budget deliberations. In addition to the school finance negotiations, members of the House and Senate budget writing committees will be hammering out their differences. They'll examine the discrepancies between their proposals line by line, every line, from public defender salaries to less urgent priorities. The House deleted 175,000 to review the governor's capital improvement request for construction of a snack bar. The Senate did not. Senate. Beyond the negotiating, there will likely be a couple of tense votes. The Senate will decide whether or not to confirm David Toland as Secretary of the Kansas Department of Commerce, and conservative leaders may try to muster an override of Governor Kelly's veto of a tax relief bill, the one that would mainly benefit multinational corporations with operations in Kansas. This is Statehouse Blend, Kansas. I'm Jim McLean in Topeka. Statehouse Blend Kansas is a production of the Kansas News Service and edited by me, Amy Jeffries. The Kansas News Service is a collaboration of public radio stations across the state. Find our latest stories on health, education, and politics at ksnewsservice.org. To make sure you're in the know, subscribe to this podcast and tune in to KCUR, KMUW, Kansas Public Radio, and High Plains Public Radio. Without nameless dancers, we'd have no theme song. 
we found Warm Evening in Free Music Archive. <laughs>